Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks, and this is going to be our fourth episode about the coronavirus, the quarantine, and all of those fun things. And in general, prior to today's episode, we've mostly been talking about things that we really can't control on a big picture level. Uh, we can't control about how they're doing the testing, the decision making behind it. We can't really control in totality what the economy is going to do, and, and nor can we really control overall how spiritually people are going to react to this. But what we can deal with is something that we're able to identify that, that the majority of us are going through, if not all of us, which is a change in our routines as a result of this. And it's almost gone to the point where it's so long that this new routine is becoming a routine in itself just because of that. And the only real connection that I can draw to this in my life is it feels like third grade summer vacation um, where it used to be everything was so structured. You had to do all this, that, and, and the rest of it. But now it's, all right, what do you want to do? We can do whatever we want and, there, and there's no rules to, you know, to a certain extent. Um, so that element of being able to get lost in your own desires, if you will, um, is, is incredibly alluring. Uh, and the other element of it is that we're also now together as from an adult perspective, if you're one of these people who normally leave your, your house every day to go to work, um, or at least one of the members of your family do, and now they're home all the time. Like on a weekend, that's normal things. We're going out, we're doing fun things. But on a prolonged period of time, that's a much different situation. And some things that inherently between people that are issues that can get brushed off because I only need to deal with this for a day or two, that option doesn't exist anymore. So I wanted to kind of dive into that dynamic as now we're getting to a spot where this is kind of becoming the normal and by all expectations, it's going to continue longer. How much longer is really not relevant at this point, but it's going to continue for at least the next week of our tenants listening to this episode. So I wanted to use this time and space to address that dynamic of our lives, because just like everything else, there certainly is a a spiritual component to it. And the church has been around for two millennia. They kind of know how people should be dealing with each other in uncertain times and changes in the routine and the norm. So with that being said, I want to give you the floor and go from there. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. I love the, uh, the shift toward a personal application of this, uh, accepting where we are and rather than talking about where we should be or uh, where we could be or would be or whatever, but uh, where we are and, and how to live that out spiritually. And, and some people have uh, acknowledged and uh, joked a little bit about how the monks are really well prepared to deal with this because uh, we and every other religious community has been living out community life uh, as the standard of our life. We, we live in close proximity with others. And just as you described very well, the irritations that you might be able to tolerate for a, an hour or two, a day or two, when they start stretching out for weeks and there's no break, how do you deal with that? Um, yeah, you're asking about community life now. That's, uh, that's the kind of thing that we deal with 
and in in monasteries and religious houses it's a collection of people that one might think at first glance are all the same because obviously they have an intense devotion to God and have decided to live together. But the reality is it's a cross-section of humanity, uh, people who process things very differently. Everybody grew up in, it's harder than family life in the sense that everybody grew up in a different context. There's a, we're, we try to unify our culture, but we all come from different backgrounds, have different ways of interacting. And there's a, there's a whole process of being formed together. And so we have to know how to work things out, how to confront uh, when necessary, how to apologize, how to forgive, how to dialogue. Uh, those are all important skills. And, and we do that really on a foundation of prayer together, uh, coming together multiple times a day to pray. It's a uh, it's a kind of neutral ground in a in a certain way. You can sit next to somebody and pray together when sometimes you can't talk to that person or practically even look at them. That's a little extreme, but just to draw out the, the image. And being able to pray together and focus our attention on the Lord together and let down our guard next to each other because we trust that as much as we might be at each other's throats in some way, we're not going to attack each other during prayer. And so prayer becomes a kind of safe place and having those safe places to coexist a little bit together is uh can be really helpful uh i think i can't remember if i mentioned in a previous podcast the uh, another monastic practice is a is a practice of silence and expectation that in certain uh times and places we maintain silence and that's also a big help you know if you uh we basically maintain silence in the monastery, in the hallways itself. There's lots of other space outside the monastery where our offices are, and uh, it's a college campus and a seminary campus, so it's a pretty big place. But in the monastery, we, we pretty much maintain silence. We don't carry on a lot of conversations, and if we pass somebody in the hall, it's perfectly acceptable just to raise a hand, to bow the head a little bit, and we don't need to have extended conversation. So I can always do that just as well with a person that I'm really friendly with as, a, as a, a person that I'm really having a hard time with or that there's some tension with. We can acknowledge each other's presence and having some kind of minimal ways to exist and be together is really helpful for giving people space to let down their guard, to uh, trust, forgive, to heal, because those kinds of wounds do take time. It, it's nice to just impose, well, you ought to forgive. Well, that's just nice to say, but our emotions don't exactly work that way. We, we tend to need a little bit of space, a little bit of breathing room. We need a, a little time to settle down, to simmer down, and then to rethink what has happened and come to a place that I can ask forgiveness, that I can offer forgiveness. So really learning to live together in charity is uh, it's a call for all Christians, but certainly in religious life, we have a kind of intense environment to practice that in, and that intense environment has been imposed on the whole world now, it seems, in this uh, quarantine time where we really have to live with and then work things out with, forgive and, and open up to people that uh, maybe there's some real tensions with. Yeah, and and when we deal this into our family context everything being topsy-turvy obviously creates stress and difference you know you, there's a 
a big excitement to something that is unexpected, but we know the norm of returning, like a snow day, for example. You know, you, you get to say, oh, we get a day off, you're all excited, and then you know that regardless of how it is, eventually the snow is going to go away and you got to go back to school and that's not happy. Um, as switching over to the adult side of the world, you know, there's, uh, the, the, there's fears that are coming up that we, we've mentioned before, but also we live in a world that's not really silent. I, I understand that, that your have your community has fostered this through years of thinking about it and thought um, there's a lot of us that really haven't put thought into our home routines much at all. You know, aside from the overview of I have a house, I pay for a house, I go get a job to pay for the house, and that's what college was for. And, you know, there's not really a whole lot of more in-depth thinking about that, about how to build a, a, a better and, and calmer and peaceful house. You know, you give the kids a video system so that they can run around and be in their own room and, and less bothersome to us type thing. You know, th these are the types of thoughts that, that go around society and, and we're stuck now with a period of looking kind of more in depth about what is our home routine more so than anything. And I wanted to spend some time kind of looking at that. You know, w w what should the, the goal be? As far as us was moving forward, knowing that that obviously you're not a you're in a, you're in a community you're you're not in a marriage, but kind of you still as a church are teaching out what is the ideal way that humans should interact. Well, there's there's long been a modeling of family life of lay life single life based on religious life that obviously families can't normally live a monastic schedule, but uh, things like the Angelus prayed at 6 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m. was correlated with the bells that called the monks for prayer, for morning prayer at 6 a.m., midday prayer at noon, and uh, evening prayer at 6 p.m. And so just uh, little ways to correlate life with religious life is something very ancient in the church, where uh, the religious life is a kind of template, and then, you know, uh, with with proper modifications, uh, provides inspiration for people living at home, people working in the world. <clears throat> so that's a that's a very old question in that sense, and uh, an an old practice that I think we've really lost a lot of in the modern day. You know, having bells ringing in in towns, for example, is something that used to happen everywhere. The bells calling us to pray, and again, modeled after those bells that call the monks for the liturgy of the hours. Uh, and then people would stop where they are, and there's some, you know, kind of famous <clears throat> images of that in for the Angelus, you know, kneeling down in the fields and praying the Angelus when they hear the bells calling the monks to prayer. In some places in Europe, the churches started ringing their bells again to just be a signal to the faithful who are locked up in their homes that the church is still there, that the the prayer is still happening. And one commentator said it makes one wonder why they ever stopped ringing the bells, that they had to start ringing them again. And it's really true. You know, we've, we just have drifted away. We've, we started to wrap our lives around a different schedule. You know, I think uh, a lot of people wrap their lives around the evening news and 
we're going to stop everything for the evening news broadcast. When that comes on, you know, dinner needs to be done or dinner's going to be done in front of the television or uh, after the evening news, then we're going to have to, but we, we end up wrapping our lives around certain fixed points in our schedule that are based on what? Those are the kinds of evaluation that I would suggest, first of all. Uh, it would be better to wrap our lives around something that's a little holier than the evening news. Not that there's anything wrong with the evening news. <laughs> Your mileage may vary, but uh, you know, there's uh, certainly holier things to wrap our lives around. Even to say, okay, well, I do want to watch the evening news, but really the fixed point in my day is five o'clock. I'm going to pray evening prayer with my family. Now, the, the prayer of the church, evening prayer is, is available. You can go to ibrevery dot com uh, b r i uh, sorry spelling it i b r e v i a r y dot com and you can find morning prayer evening prayer midday prayer just uh, collections of psalms and readings and prayers and pretty easy to to follow along with that and it's being offered in lots of places if you live in the Pittsburgh area you can always tune into w a o b radio one hundred six point seven f m or find us online, waob.org, and, and tune into those, those prayers uh, we broadcast every day, different times of the day, led by different people. Uh, the schedule's there on the WAOB website. So uh, that's, a, that's one way to just kind of wrap our lives around some of those, those fixed points. We tend to wrap them our lives around meals a bit, and, and that's a very monastic thing, too. At St. Vincent, we always pray and then eat. So we have more, you know, officer readings, morning prayer and mass, and then we have breakfast. We have midday prayer and then we have lunch. We have evening prayer and then we have dinner, but we pray first and we, we make prayer the fixed point. And uh, then, you know, the, the meal follows sometime after that. Uh, so those are, those are some possibilities, starting the day with prayer. Uh, and, you know, you can do that in different ways. Might just be taking time in silence together. It's really a beautiful practice maybe taking the same scripture pack passage and um, create a, a room or a place in your house. I know people who have an extra room might actually dedicate it to be a prayer room for in their house. I know a, a family with eight or nine kids, uh, so it's not like they really have rooms to spare, but they still made a priority of, out of having a prayer room. And they uh, will gather there as a family, and then the kids all always know that they can go there as well, just for times of, uh, of prayer and reflection. Or another thing to do is, is in your living room, or uh, you, can, you can set up an image on the wall. So uh, a beautiful devotion is the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, and putting up an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, put a candle in front of it, and just setting uh, aside, we tend to make our living rooms shrines to the television. So I would uh, encourage moving the television out of the central place and putting Jesus in the central place, <laughs> to say that in a real simple way, uh, put that challenge out there for people. But uh, creating a space that's set aside for prayer for the Lord, a place where the, the family can gather uh, and just spend time in silence, spend time reading the scriptures, spend time with uh, morning prayer or evening prayer or some other devotion. Obviously, the family rosary is is something that's very beautiful. I know so many families who pray the family rosary come hell or high water every every evening after after dinner. 
kneeling down and praying the family rosary or every night before bedtime for the kids, praying the family rosary. Beautiful. That, that has a beautiful way of ending our day. So some different prayer practices and establishing those at, at different times really helps to break up the day. I, I know for someone like yourself, Joe, that um, you may not have so many fixed things. You know, you have things to do to balance the books and plan things out and make some some calls and and uh, connect with people, manage things that you can from home. But um, it can create a kind of structureless day where we sort of float. And when we know I've got to finish something by 1130, then it helps us to stay focused, to get done what we need to get done. And then we stop and we do whatever. In our case, it's to pray. And that's what I'm encouraging for families and, and single people at home make a structure to your day and then it kind of forces you to stay on track and stop at the right time and then take that time for prayer. Yeah. In my particular case, yes, the actual contents of my day do vary. Um, you know, I spend a lot of my time doing acquisitions, you know, going to new people's houses, seeing if it's something I would like to have part of mine. So I have in my calendar just kind of blocked off, you know, changes per day but a window of time when our marketing people can schedule me. So if they fill in that time slot, I'm driving to this individual house and, and checking it out. And then the rest of it is kind of everything else I need to get done time. So um, I, I, what I ultimately ended up having to do is two days a week, I blocked out the mornings just for the specific whatever I have to do times, mostly calling people back and coordinating um my contractors um, to, to you know, have my check-ins with all of them. And I do that, you know, twice a week just to make sure that that's blocked out so that I'm not trying to do that while focusing on something else. So while the individual elements of where and when I will be will, will vary, the, the, the structure itself remains the same. But in that lies a tremendous challenge that I've had to develop since I've had control of my calendar in this regard Basically, since my first job when I was 18, um, just the nature of sales is you, you mostly schedule your own appointments or they're inconsistent at best. And as a result, you still have all these other responsibilities to do, but no one's sitting over your shoulder forcing you to do it. So there's a great amount of discipline that has to be built or literally you don't get paid. So that's one of the great reasons that it's hard to be a salesperson. There's an internal discipline required. And now as we're in this period where we don't have a boss, we might have to check in at a certain period of time for, for a web application if we're working from home or thankfully if we are working from home. But if we're not, it's just kind of, all right, we have nothing to do. And to avoid the trap of watching daytime television all, all day and then morphing that into evening television all night, um, that's part of the, the fear that I have is that there's many people out there that, that see a conflict in, in their lives, within their family structure, that they don't know how to address. Um, they haven't implemented things such as the, the prayer that you just discussed. And certainly start with there. There's a, a good option. Um, but for those that, that maybe aren't, you know, that, that you're secluded, um, I, I recommend using FaceTime, stuff like that, just to see other people, especially mm -hmm. if there's... Mm -hmm. You know, normally in our lives, we're, we're able to, to go to someone else to talk to just because 
I know, for, you know most people are like this. They'll talk about certain topics with some people and other topics with other because people have different interest levels and care differently. Um, you know, and, and I think that's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> you know, we all can't mm-hmm. be the same. Um, so I, I, I recommend, you know, doing things like that, um, you know, doing FaceTimes or, or Google Hangouts or, or whatever, you know, you have availability to, which at this point is pretty much everything. Um, so, so I wanted to talk about that, like where we have conflict and rather than hiding from it in front of the TV or any other type of electronic device, but to actually how to confront a problem. Maybe it's a little one, maybe it's a big one, but just some type of general template to give people so that they can make what could be a, a little insignificant thing, keep it from growing underneath the surface to having a, a big explosion later on in life. Yeah, that's great advice as well. The uh, just working on things, paying attention to things, not letting some of those things build up and uh, and certainly reaching out. Yeah, people that are a little bit more isolated or, or even in a family setting, you know, it helps to have some outside contact. And it is a unique time in the in the world that video conferencing really works. It's uh, I'd say even a year ago, two, three years ago, certainly you didn't have the kind of quality, maybe a little bit more one on one was OK. Um, but it's really good quality. And even with groups of people, I mean, I had a staff meeting for WOB on Zoom the other day, and there's 21 of us on the screen at the same time. And it was just seamless. Everybody, uh, including one person who had to phone in because of different reasons, unable to uh, get an internet connection. So um, yeah, there really are great options for that available now. Having, uh, reaching out, making some appointments, having some things to look forward to on the calendar. Uh, and I think, you know, stretching your legs is, I, don't, I haven't followed all of the regulations of where you're allowed to walk or at, anyway, but I think uh, it's still possible to walk outside and just uh, avoiding groups of people. And the point is, is just not to have large groups of people so that the contagion isn't multiplied. You know, it's not like, it's not Ebola, you know, it's not like everybody that gets it is going to die. And so it's, it's not extreme in that way. It's just a matter of, because it's so contagious, kind of keeping the contagion levels, the, the, um, the contamination, whatever levels, keeping everybody from getting sick at the same time, uh, letting, you know, people get sick over a period of time so that there are enough respirators, there are enough, you know, doctors, there are enough, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, the point being, uh, getting outside, taking time to, to walk, you know, talking to the neighbors across the street or whatever, uh, over the fence, you know, uh, keeping some space, but, but uh, having those conversations, allowing, allowing ourselves to explore a little bit. I know, you know, it's, uh, you mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, it's so radically changed our routine and now set us almost in a new routine. But I certainly at the outset, it kind of like blew everything up for me. And then it gave me a chance to breathe a little bit and look around and say, okay, well, how am I going to go into this new space? Uh, and I was able to free a little bit of space on my calendar around sometimes. I mean, I pretty much had packed everything about as tightly as you could get. Now, partially the fact that I had to cancel a couple of trips and I got some extra time and so I could spread some things out, but it's helping me to be a little bit more intentional about how I manage my calendar and 
and create a little bit more breathing room around things. And so, so I think there's an opportunity for that too, just to think about our lives a little bit more and how we prioritize things. Going back to the comment I made about whether we really make time for God. Do we just sort of expect God to fit into the day or do we just presume that you know, going to mass once a week on Sunday is kind of enough and <laughs> that's even taken away? Does it make us think a little bit, huh, how can I really develop my relationship with the Lord? Um, and what's the, what's the opportunity that's being opened up for me in this time? Uh, I mean, we have to trust that, that God is paying attention and that he knows what he's doing. And if he's allowing this, it's for our good. And so then we need to discover where is the good in this for us? And, and I know that's a hard question for some people. I mean, there are some terrible things that people are going through. And I, I hear that. I, I hear people, I can think of a half a dozen people off the top of my head who are going through some terrible things who have reached out to me, I've been able to talk with. So yeah, what are we, what are we doing? But just taking that time to step back and evaluate things and, and then build in some more time for God, build in some more space and relationships, and then be proactive about not letting things fester and uh, really taking things on, working things out, talking, forgiving, asking forgiveness. Yeah, and, and kind of what you went through is a thought process that that I've had from a different context from from the business world is that pretty much every activity you have can fall into into one of four categories. Either it's important and it's urgent, meaning we got to take care of it right now. The house is on fire. That's important and urgent. We got to take care of it. Or it's not important and it's urgent. Everyone can think of a couple of examples like that. Um, or it's not important and not urgent. That's the stuff you pretty much blow off forever. Um, or it's very important, or it is important, but not urgent. And what was trying to be articulated to me is that category of things that we know that are important, but they're not necessarily urgent in front of us. So we have to take care of this second end up being in the business context, the most profitable things that you can do. And those are how actually you can revolutionize and, and enhance that well within our own lives that's the same thing um, in your relationship with God for most of us falls in that category we recognize that it's important but it's not something that if, if we mess up and miss something today that there's an immediate dire consequence so therefore we don't consider it as urgent and since we've been given collectively this opportunity to dis essentially step away, have more time enveloped into our lives, I invite everyone to focus on something that we think is important to us, but we never had the time to get around to it. You know, maybe it's a project within your house. Maybe it's a, a conversation you've been wanting to have with someone or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Obviously, in this context, we're specifically focusing on getting back to a relationship with, with God and some people are going to give that initial example. Well, how? I can't even go to a church. Well, if you open yourself up and think about it, about 30 options will just magically start appearing to you um, over a span of 20 minutes. So I think that, that that is there. If we sit and consciously think about what are these things that have been important that I know are important I want to do, but I just haven't had time to get to. And using that in our space that we have now I think will enhance everything within our lives and those around us. 
you know, getting a chance to, to call up someone you haven't seen in a while or, or spoken to in a while. Um, you know, and then obviously everyone else has these physical projects around us that, hey, I always wanted to build this or, or do this thing or whatever. And then you can look at it when you're done and go, wow, we're really better off. So when most of the country just sat on the couch and gained 15 pounds, I developed my body to do 20 push-ups a day. And I never would have done that if I didn't have one o'clock available every day. You know, that was just push-up time or whatever. So I think that those are the types of examples that when we look back, we'll be glad that, that we were able to utilize. And the other part is it will tend to create good habits that move forward in life. When you focus on what's important and you don't necessarily have time for and you start really getting into it, you start realizing you're spending a lot of time on things that aren't important and just not doing something that's bad inherently makes you better. It's just the way it is. Even if you go from not going in reverse anymore to just being in neutral and not moving at all, that's an improvement. You're not digging a deeper hole. So, um, you know, most people might not think like that, but it's true in terms of the end result of where you end up. So, Father, I want to give you a chance to to give the last word here as, as we're concluding today's episode. Well, I love your example, Joe, of uh, ways that we can use this time positively and uh you know, whether it's uh, building up uh, more push-ups or, uh, you know, we can we can work on some physical fitness. I have to say I've been doing some more telephone direction and I find that I have a little bit too much attention for telephone direction and I'm tempted to go in places of distraction. So if I walk, then I can really focus my attention on the person who's on the other end of the line. And so I've been walking our empty hallways here back and forth and, uh, have have done 10 miles of direction a couple of days <laughs> just uh continuing to get more more steps in and you know so if, yeah finding uh taking advantage of the time we have extra time now in some cases you know there's extra time how am i using that time to really take a few minutes to reflect on that be intentional about that am i just whittling it away you know it's easy to just watch another half hour of television it's easy to just you know sit there and do nothing uh, be, gain 15 pounds becoming a couch potato, but uh, am I? Is there another way I can use that time that's that's going to be beneficial? That I'll look back and say, well, that quarantine time was really hard, but um, I'm grateful I developed this habit. I'm grateful I was able to grow in this way. That's a it's a great attitude to take. Well, thank you, and hopefully we all can figure something out within our own lives. You know, whatever that situation may be, that we can look back at for whenever this is over and say. It was not an awesome situation, but at least this good came out of it. And I'd like to encourage us all to do that and to uh, all move forward here. And we will be with you again here next week. And we'll talk to you then.